Good evening, everybody. I'm delighted to be here this evening. It's an honor, and I do not take it lightly. When every time you're dealing with the Word of God, it's a serious business. You are responsible for what you said. And for those who hear it, you do not want to lead anybody astray. So I give God the glory, I give him the praise, and I thank him for the opportunity to stand before you all tonight as, as, as your humble servant. Um, got about 22 minutes. <laughs> um, well, I, got a, um, I had a testimony, but I'll leave it for next time. I um, got a portion of scripture that I like to read. It's a very, very familiar text. Most of us know the text. I have nothing new. God's words is old and it's new at the same time. I have not, nothing that you have not heard before. God just wants to remind you of a few things. Um, there was a preacher one time that preached a sermon quite a few times. And this lady walked up to him and says, Pastor, why do you always preach the same sermon? Why do you preach it so often? And the pastor humbly says, My dear lady, because people forget. <laughs> people forget. Oh, yes. <clears throat> the scripture tonight, and if you don't mind, I'll be reading my scripture on, the, on my phone. The scripture tonight is um, taken from Romans, the 12th chapter. Um, I'm going to focus on verse 1 and 2, but uh, my plan was to go deeper into, the, into Romans because it all fit together, but if I don't get the opportunity to do so, um, you all can look at it at, an, um, at your earliest convenience. Anyway, I'm going to read the scripture. Therefore, oh, let me pray. How is good to invoke the Spirit of God. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you tonight for this privilege that you have given me. I want to thank you, God, for your words. Your words are life. Your word is, is right. Your word is always right. Your word is true. Father, I ask your blessing upon me tonight that what I have prepared, Lord, that you may help me to deliver it according to your will and your purpose. Bless each and every one that will be hearing tonight. Help them to understand, Lord, what you, what you are saying. Help me to understand also what you are saying. God, I, I praise you, I worship, and I honor you tonight. I give you all the glory and the praise because we ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, I'm reading Romans 12, 1 and 2, just, just to be sure. Everybody got it? Romans 12. And I'm reading from the New International Version. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, is good and pleasing and perfect will. 
Before, uh, before I go any further, I'd like to look at uh, the word therefore. You know, whenever time you see the word therefore, you should also ask yourself, what is that word therefore is therefore? <laughs> always. There's always a reason behind the word therefore. Whenever we see the word therefore, we should always ask ourselves. In this instance, the Apostle Paul, <laughs> funny thing, he called me Paul tonight. <laughs> the Apostle Paul is making a case to the church at Rome and to us as well as to why we need to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is our reasonable service. In this instant, the Apostle Paul is making the case to the church at Rome and to us as well. So, since God has redeemed us from our sins, sacrificed his son, taken away our unrighteousness, and gave us his righteousness, since he has bought us and we belong to him, what should our response be? He bought us, he saved us, and we belong to him. Well, according to the Apostle Paul, we should present our bodies a living sacrifice. And at the same time, we should be, allow our mind to be transformed and renewed. then the question is, how do we renew our mind? And how do we transform our mind? Well, would anyone like to um, answer that question? How do we renew our mind? And how do we transform our mind? Do I get some that? We have Chris. Chris. All right, the word of God. Amen. Anybody else? Repentance changes the mind. Anybody else would like to help to, to, to chime in and say something here? Okay, I um, for, for time reason, um, I, I believe that the word of God, it is the word of God and the Holy Spirit that gives us the ability to transform our mind. The word of God and the Holy Spirit is what gives us the ability to transform and renew our mind. That is why it is, it is important that we frequently spend time absorbing the word of God into our hearts and mind. Listening to um, my brother over there tonight, he said that he he opened his mouth, and what was coming out of it, he was, he was amazed. Yes. But you know, Amen. that's why we need to read the Word of God. Amen. You may not always under, remember what you read, but it is there. And at the appropriate time, when you need it, 
The Holy Spirit brings it up. You needed that. That young man needed that word tonight. And it was in you. God, you, 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 you read the word of God. You fill your mind with the word of God. And that's what comes out when you need it. So, you know, I've heard people say, well, you know, I, I, I don't remember most of what I read sometimes. But don't be discouraged. As, as when you get that word inside of you, it is there. What did God says? My word will not return to me void. It will accomplish. No, it will accomplish at the appropriate time. When the time is right, that's when the word of God comes in. So why do why why do we need our mind to be transformed? Why why do we need our mind to be transformed? Get away from the whole life. That old way of thinking. Yes. Anybody else? Somebody says, have a better a better new life. Okay. Um, I, I said, because of the way how we think. Thinking. Do you know the way how we think as a lot? of influence as to what we do with our bodies? Think about it. The way that we think has a lot of influence as to what we do with our body. What did Paul say? Present your bodies. Present your body. If you're not thinking right, if your mind is not right, it's become difficult. <laughs> um, the um, the mind never follows the body, but the body always follows the mind. Most, if not all, of what we do with our bodies is, is in direct response to our mind. Before you get in your car this evening to come to Bible study, your mind was already made up as to what you were going to do. Your body had no choice but to follow. Isn't that true? Your body has no choice but to follow. Without a transformed mind, it becomes a constant struggle to keep your body on the altar of God. Why is that? Why is it a struggle? That's right. Always a struggle. It's the mind. The mind. Um, well, think about it. What usually happens when a sacrifice is placed on the altar? When a sacrifice is placed on an, on an altar, what happens? I'm sorry? It is, it is purified. Because of time, I'm not going to take too many questions, but let me go on. It, um, when a sacrifice is placed on the altar, there will be fire and there will be heat. No, I am not talking about literal fire and heat, but the pressure and the influence that comes from the world's way of thinking. Think about that. In, in the Old Testament, whenever time they put a sacrifice on the fire, number one, it is dead. <laughs> they, have, they have killed it. And number two, they, put, they have some really good fire because that thing has to burn up and the smoke has to go up. Well, in the spiritual form, there is heat. And there is fire. And like I said, I am not talking about literal fire and literal heat. It also means doing something that our bodies 
do not want us to do. Our body doesn't want to be on the altar. Because it, as you read down that, that, 12, that 12 chapter of Romans, there are some things that are required of you when you are on the altar. There are some things you have to do. Things that are not comfortable to us. And that's why you have that struggle. The Apostle Paul urges us not to be conformed to the world's way of thinking, but in, instead be transformed by the renewing of your mind. He goes, on to, he goes on to say that by allowing the mind to be transformed, we will better understand what God's will is for us as we live out this Christian life. The question is, and the question is, how does a Christian live out a living sacrifice and a transformed mind kind of life? What does it look like? The first thing we need to recognize is that a, um, a sacrificial life and a transformed mind is a life lived in total surrender to Jesus Christ rather than a life lived for his own sake. Paul goes on in the rest of the chapter to give us some examples as to what that kind of life should look like. Verse 3. Let's look at verse 3. He says, For by grace, no, for by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with a sober judgment, according with the faith God has distributed. To each of you. As you see, you are not to think that you are better than you really are. We need to have the right perspective on ourselves, always. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, um, verse 4 and 5. I'm, I'm rushing. I'm going through this here, you know, because time Wise. So, so verse, four, verse 4 and 5. For just as each of us has one body with, one, uh, with many members, and these members do not all have the same function. Our physical body has many parts, and each part has a different function, yet they function together. You know, <laughs> you, when you get in the car, you didn't leave your foot at home. <laughs> you didn't leave your eyes either. You'd be, you'd be in trouble if you, le if you had left your eyes at home. You needed it. And, and that's the way the, um, the, the church needs to work. Um, so it is in the body of Christ, the, which is the church. We are made up of different people with various backgrounds and cultures. In spite of that, Paul said, we need to function as one because we are dependent on each other, Amen. just like our physical body. Yes. My body needs every bit that is in me, even my fingernail, my body needs it. Yes. And so is God's church, all of us. God needs all of us to function as one 
Because we have one purpose in mind. And that is to get people to the kingdom of heaven. That is our purpose. And we need to function that way. There should not be any schism. There should not be any jealousy. You know, those things should be, shouldn't shouldn't exist in the church. We need to have unity. Remember, you're on the altar. You, you, you are on the altar. And remember, you don't belong to yourself. You belong to God. Why? Because he purchased us. And, and, and because he purchased us, we belong to him. And what he said we should do is what we need to do. Verse 6 through 8. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, um, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is encouraging, then give encouragement. If it is in giving, then give generously. If it is in leading, do it diligently. If it is in showing mercy, do it cheerfully. You cannot show mercy as a gruff. You know, when you're going to show mercy, we have to be like God. Matter of fact, everything that we do, we should do it like God. We are called Christians. The first part of that is is a Christ. We are called Christian, and our function has to be like Christ. We should function like Christ. We should talk like Christ. We should walk like Christ. We should say good things like Christ to say good things. At the same time, you also have to be firm. Um, We must recognize that each of us are gifted differently, so don't complain about why other people don't do things the way that you do. But rather, focus on what God has gifted you and do it. Gifted, focus on what God has gifted you to do and do it with all your might. Amen. Verse 9. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Our love must be sincere, and we must hate what is evil. Always. Let's look at this verse a little closer, however. Because this may seem to some as, yes, if you are a Christian, you should hate evil. However, we live in a world where that which is good is said to be evil. And that which is evil, is that true? Have you you read anything lately? Have you listened to the media lately? Have you listened to the politician lately? And I'm looking at the clock. Are you looking at the clock? (laughs) Oh, Um, It is not always so easy to go against the spirit of the 
time in which we live and hate evil. That's true because, you know, especially in the workplace, you know, sometimes people say something that are evil and you, you kind of, you're in your mind thinking, well, should I agree with that or should I? No. Therefore, our sacrificial life of love must conform itself to the word of God and to the mind of Christ so that we will have the courage of right thinking to help us obey the command of scripture. Did you hear that? Therefore, our sacrificial life of love must conform itself to the word of God and the mind of Christ so that we will have the courage, the courage of right thinking, the mind, the mind of right thinking to help us obey the command of scripture. Verse 10 through 21, Paul goes on to give us some more practical examples as what a sacrificial life and a transformed mind looks like when in operation. Verse 10, be devoted to one another in love, honor one another above yourselves. I'm telling you, this is not something you do of your own. This, this take the spirit of God and it also take a transformed mind. If your mind is not transformed, you're just going to think about you. Right. You're always going to look out for number one. Yes. Me. Right. Yeah. Me, myself, and I. Yes. But, but, with a transformed mind, are you sitting on that altar? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yes. Amen. Yes, indeed. Um, only a mind that is transformed and renewed by the Holy Spirit could possibly do this because we are naturally selfish and always looking out for number one. When you get a, uh, get a chance, read Philippians 2 and 3. Um, verse 11. Never be lacking in zeal, but um, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spirit favor serving the Lord. God wants us to be zealous for him. Amen. But our zeal must be based on the knowledge of God and not on our own. Yes, yes, yes. Paul, you know, I'm not Paul, but Paul, <laughs> Paul, Paul could tell you that. He, at one place Paul says he, he was ignorant because he was going around um, persecuting the church and he said he was even zealous. Paul was a zealous man, but his zealousy did not based on, uh, on the knowledge of God. But when he changed, now he, was, he, he, got, he got on the altar. <laughs> uh, ver, um, uh, verse 12. Be joyful in hope, patience in affliction, faithful in prayer. You know, we, we have a hope. The hope of salvation. It's, it's not a hope where you say, well, you know, I, I hope I get to go here or there. It, it, it's, a, it's an assured hope. Amen. It's an assured hope that you yeah. know what you know, that what God made a promise, and if God made a promise, he's not going back on it. Amen. It is the hope of salvation. Yes. Well? Take five. <laughs> huh? Take five? Take five? Yes. <laughs> give me five. The, the gentleman, give me five more minutes. 
uh, verse 13. Share with, um, share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. You know, if you read Galatians 6 and 10, it also says, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the, to the family of faith. You know, it's, we should try to do good to everybody. But in particularly... We have to do good to each other because we are all the family of faith, always. And we should take pleasure in doing so. But the only, time, the only way you're going to take pleasure in doing that is because of the way you're thinking. Because if you're not thinking right, you know, I, mean, I ain't doing nothing for him. Hey, go, go get your home. I ain't doing for her. We got to be thinking right. Um, verse <laughs> that was 13 this was 14 coming up next he said bless those who persecute you bless and do not curse <laughs> if it, <laughs> it is not easy to bless somebody who's persecuting you right. I can tell you that it's not easy and we don't want to bless them we want to curse them yeah. but sitting on that altar presenting your body as a living sacrifice, you have to bless. That's, right. That's what the scripture says. You've got to have the right thinking. You've got to have the mind of Christ to do what the Bible says. To live up to what the scripture says. Okay. Um, 15. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Uh, I'm just going to read it through. Live, live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written. It is mine to avenge. I will repay, said the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy hunger, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him drink. Give him something to drink. In doing so, you will heap burning coals of fire on his head. He'll be walking around with flame coming out of his head. No. You, the, 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 the thing here, you, can, you, you might win him over. You might win your enemy over when you do good. When you do good for people, you kind of soften their heart. I think it was um, Solomon that says, a soft answer, turn it away wrath. Do not be overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. When you feel like somebody is doing evil to you, do something good to them. Heavenly Father, we thank you for what you have for your words tonight. We thank you, Lord, for each and every one that is here. We thank you for the time that you have given us. God, 
Our intention is to live right and holy before you. We have fallen short so many times, Lord, and we are still falling short, God. But with your help, with your grace, with your mercy, God, we are thriving. And we know that you will complete what you started in us because we will not give up and you will not give up. Continue to hold on to us, Lord, as we hold on to you, Lord. And as we draw near to you, Lord, we know that you will draw near to us. We thank you, we praise you, we worship you, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.